You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for coming out. It's not a bad day today. Originally in the week, they said it was going to rain, so I'm glad it did not rain. We could be here today. If you have a Bible with you or have it on your phone, you want to pull it out, that'd be great. We're going to read John chapter 5 to just start our time here together. My name is Pastor Dre, if you don't know me, um, and we're so excited because our pastors are on vacation for the whole month of August, and so we're glad that they get to rest and, and be away, and so I'm filling in this week, and Pastor Kerry will be preaching, my favorite pastor, don't tell Pastor Dre, my favorite preacher, uh, will be preaching next week, and so we're excited to hear from her. But today you have me, sorry about that. So, John chapter 5, if you're there, we're going to read uh, the whole, a little bit of the chapter. And today, I'm, I want to talk to you just real quickly, um, really from, really the title of this is There's More to the Story. There's more to the story. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 14, Jesus heals a lame man. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem to one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda. It would feel good to be in a pool right now, I think. With five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on, lay on the porches, waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time to stir up the water. And the first person to step in after the water was stirred was healed of whatever disease he had. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Will you repeat that after me? Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that, that mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Will you pray with me one more time today? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this time together. We pray in these next few moments that you would speak to us, that you would talk to us about where we are in life, and that we would leave here today just knowing that there's more to the story of our lives. In your name we pray. Everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen. You got to be louder than the traffic that we can hear back there. So, uh, so as, as many of you know, that uh, one of the things that we did, that we've done in this season, that we've been in a pandemic and quarantine, is that we decided to get a puppy. Yeah, which makes sense, right? When you're stuck together with six people uh, in a house and we're all working together, why not uh, invite a baby beast into that situation? And uh, you would think that we are original, but there's actually a term that is going around called pandemic puppy. And it's, the people have written articles about it, so uh, the Mowermans are not original in that at all. And so anybody else get a, a pet during this time? 
uh, the Holtz, just all your leadership, whatever. I don't know what we're doing wrong here, but um, it's been really fun. And in preparation for that puppy, this is our first family pet. We did all the things that you're supposed to do. We, we, asked, we asked advice of people. We, we went and looked up training videos, and we made purchases, and we, we got everything prepared. We, we bought things, and we, we set up a schedule who would be with the puppy. We, we prepared for Luca, our puppy. And he's been really awesome, and it's been a, a fun addition to our family when he's not trying to bite our face off. But um, he's been really good. I'm just kidding, sort of. And uh, it's, it's been fun to have him in there. All the planning, all the best things that we could do to prepare, we did everything we could, everything we could, could do. And when we got him into our house, there was a lot of things that went as expected. But there's also been a lot of things that didn't go as expected. But there's, there's been a cool thing that happened. Uh, a couple years ago, and I don't know, Pastor Kevin wouldn't remember this, but maybe about a year and a half ago, he asked me a question. We've been here three years now, and he said, have you, how, how was getting to know your neighbors gone? He just asked, we were just in conversation. And I said, you know what, Kevin, I don't know, actually it's been a little bit of a frustration. We know a few of our neighbors, but our neighborhood is a little bit, I don't know, it's just not, it's a little bit quiet, and I thought that we would know our neighbors a little bit more. And so that question, for whatever reason, just bothered me. For, for a while, Kevin. And I really actually asked the Lord, I said, why, why don't we know more of our neighbors? We're, we're friendly people. We actually moved here, you know, on a mission to be a part of this community. And so I started asking God to just, hey, would you make a way? And so I decided, I consigned, I, I resigned to the fact that maybe, maybe our neighborhood is just not friendly. So maybe we won't make neighbors. Um, but something happened. We got a puppy and we started walking this puppy around the neighborhood. And I you know, Pastor Kerry can attest to this. I think, no lie, I think there's been about 20 neighbors that we have met in the last six weeks where we've had real conversations with them. Um, we've, gotten to, we've gotten to know them. We've gotten to know their kids and their professions and, and all these things. We also realized that they knew about us, even though we didn't know about them. Oh, oh you're, you're the pastor, right? Oh, oh you coach basketball, right? I saw you. And so when we realized our neighbors were stalkers, we decided to move this week. Just kidding. But I guess here's my point today, and here's really where I want to go and, and tie it into the passage, is there's a lot of things that we can plan for and we can do in our own strength. But just with the puppy, we did not expect that this puppy would be the thing, would be the key to unlocking some relationships for us. There was more to the story with the puppy than we realized. Maybe God was at work in it to use it more than just a family pet. He was using it as a way. Does that make sense today? There's more to the story. We did everything we could to plan, but yet God said, I'm going to use this puppy to do something else in your life. Everyone say there's more to the story. Yeah, even in this season that we're in, this weird change of pace that we've had the last few months, there's been more to the story. It looks like this on paper, but maybe, just maybe God is at work in, in what he's doing in this season for our lives. And I want to encourage you today to just... To just embrace it. Because I believe this is the way, just like this puppy illustration, it's kind of silly, but just the way that, um, that God did that for us and just opening up our neighborhood to us. I believe that's the way that God works. That when we do our best and we come to the end of what we can do, he says, hey, there's more to the story here. He comes alongside of us. Because here's the thing. God whispers all the time there's more to our story. John 10.10 says, I've come to give you life. And life more abundantly. And I really believe that his heart for us is never to feel like we're stuck or never to feel like we're resigned to that's just the way it is or never to feel hopeless about a situation. 
but he wants to give us an abundant life. That's what I want to talk to you today about the story of this man who was healed by a pool. And I want to just tell you about four things today. I want to tell you about the pool. I want to tell you about the man. I want to tell you about the mat. And I want to tell you about the answer today. And the first thing is about the pool. And this pool, this pool of Bethesda, is really interesting if you study it historically. Um, one of the kings of, of Jerusalem decided he was tired of, of having war, and so he built a pool because he wanted to hang out by water. I like this guy. He's thinking good. And so they built this pool, and they built this very opulent pool. Uh, they've, dis- they've discovered this pool in the 1800s, and it is over a football f- a field's length. It's actually two pools. And it was built with marble, and it was built with all this opulence. And the Bible tells us it was built with five porches, which tells us it was really wealthy and rich. And it was at some point a, a place where the, the wealthy gathered. But somewhere along the way, that changed. There was more to the story here. And there was a rumor that, we, you know, historians and even theologians believe it was a rumor. And the rumor was that when and the... The, an angel would come and stir the waters, and if you were the first person into those waters, you would be healed. Well, people believe it was really just the springs that were coming into the pool that actually made it bubble up, but people began to believe that, hey, an angel was, was stirring the waters, and so suddenly that what became a wealthy gathering became the place where all the sick and the lame and everybody that had a healing need came and they gathered. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, It says that there was a multitude of people that were hanging out there. It was no longer a place of wealth. It was a place where the sick would gather. The name is interesting of the pool. At one point it was called something else, but the the story changed. And it became known as the Pool of Bethesda. And that name means house of mercy or house of grace. Because people believe that if you could be there, you could be healed. The second thing I want to talk to you today is about the man. The man in this story, we find out about who he is. For 38 years, he's dealing with this condition. And he's resigned himself to maybe that, that this is what life is. But I want to challenge you today. I want to encourage you to see yourself as the man in the story. He's really all of us today. We have a need of somebody to help us. And without somebody to help us, we will be stuck in our situations. What a... What a culture that he's living in though it's chaos there's thousands of people there it's a dog eat dog kind of world pun intended today because what they're trying to do is push and get to the front and try to get in that water and yet he's someone who cannot walk and yet he's doing everything he can to be the first in the water it's a little bit of a hopeless situation for 38 years he's looking for that healing and it's not coming he's done all that he knows how to do He's made all the efforts. He's pushed through the crowd. He's got the right position. He's used his personality and his charisma. Yet all of it has fallen short. And he can't get his healing on his own. And yet I so identify with him. Because how often in our lives do we try all that we can and we fall short? We try to get ahead. which Sometimes we get caught up in this culture of pushing and going to the first and, and positioning ourselves and those kind of things. No matter what he does, someone is always quicker. Someone is more smooth talker. And he's living in a culture that conveys happiness is tied to success. And success depends on performance. And he can't perform good enough today. And yet, when we read this story, I believe that one of the reasons why this story is written in, in the book of John is so that we can identify with that man. And so that we can see sometimes 
that sometimes it's not about success or our performance, that we actually need a Savior to help us and get us to where we need to be. The third thing today I want to talk to you about is the mat. He's standing on a mat. You think, of, you know, think about it, maybe just a little bit of a square here today. And that mat becomes his, his world, becomes his identity. He's most likely a beggar. That mat becomes his source of income. And that mat also is a place of comfort for him. And I think about us, too. We all have our mats where we feel more comfortable. We like to stay in our box sometimes. And sometimes those mats that we make in our lives, they happen because we go through hurts and pains and different things in our lives that are hard. Those mats in our lives, the things that we stand on, they contain our successes and our failures, but also our heartache and our brokenness. And sometimes we're scared to move beyond that, and we stay in our hurt, and we stay in our pain. We allow ourselves to be identified by things that we're never supposed to be identified by. And that's what that man was doing. That mat was his story and his identity today. And the last, number four, and this is where we're going to just kind of land this morning. There's a pool, and there's a man who we identify, and there's a mat that he stands on. But then the answer walks in the door. There's the answer. He's looking for an answer. He thinks the answer is in the pool. But it's really in Jesus today. And I don't know if you're with me today or, or, or hear where I'm going today, but I just want to tell you today that our answer is always in Jesus, no matter what we need in life. <laughs> Jesus walks in and everything changes. He spots the man in the middle of the thousands. There's nothing about this man that would make him stand out from anybody other person. It's just the love of the Savior that draws him to him. How true of that is us. Sometimes we don't stand out, but it's just his love for us that draws him near. And suddenly what was the same? You have to think about that. 38 years, day in and day out, it was the same. He's trying to get to this pool. He's trying to get the best position. He's trying to wait for that water to turn. He's trying to get in to get that healing. It's like the movie Groundhog Day. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. I love Bill Murray. I love that movie. It's just on repeat over and over again, probably driving him mad. But suddenly there's more to the story. I love this about this part. He doesn't ask for Jesus' help. Jesus just comes up to him and says, he asks him a question. He says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And actually that, when you break that down in the Greek, he's really asking the man, do you want to be whole today? Do you want to be a whole person? He's talking about his physical healing, but he's also talking about his spiritual healing today. And the guy, because he's so much like us, he doesn't answer Jesus. You'd think that would be an easy question to answer. Yes, I do. That's why I'm here. But what he starts to do is starts to tell Jesus all the excuses of why he can't be made whole. He actually looks past Jesus into the water and says, Sir, I actually don't have anybody that can, that can help me go get into the water. And I wonder if in that moment he's actually trying to recruit Jesus to help him get into the water. And he says, sir, sir, I don't have anybody, so I want to be, but I, I can't be because there's nobody to help me. I wonder if he's saying, hey, could, maybe you could help me. He's looking at him, wondering if he could be the guy that would help him. He doesn't realize as he's looking at a body of water, that he's looking right past the man who could offer him living water. Such a difference. And how often are we guilty of that? We look 
for sources from other things when we look right past the Savior who offers us living water in our lives. At least I'm guilty of doing that time and time again. Jesus is still the answer to our brokenness. It's not found in another source of water. It's found only in the one who can offer us living water. And can I say this to you today? Everything that's going on in our world right now and in our country, even in our state and our community, Jesus is the answer. Hello? Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. and We need to really tell ourselves that and believe that today. Our answer is not found in a politician. Our answer is not found in a political party. Our answer is not found in an election. It's not found in some a panel discussion or some, some bill. Our answer is found in Jesus. He is there for our brokenness. He is there to help our broken world. He makes all things possible in an instant. When he showed up, Jesus, it's amazing. He is grace personified when he showed up in the house of grace. And everything changed in an instant. When 38 years, things weren't possible. But when Jesus shows up in our lives and he shows up in, the, in our scene, instantly the impossible becomes possible. Our hope is not in a back-to-school plan. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. Are you with me today? It's found in Jesus. He is our answer and our solution. He's the only one who can heal cancer. He's the only one that can heal and restore marriages. He is the answer. He is the answer. So suddenly the fulfillment of this man's life is not about getting to the top or pushing his way to the front. It's about being found in Jesus. And how true is that for us today? And I love that Jesus does this. He, he speaks to him and says, hey, you've got to separate yourself from how you have identified yourself. I told you a silly illustration. We did everything we knew how to do to bring a puppy in. We, all the expectations were on our mat, what it was, and then there was more to the story. Here, we, this puppy would break down walls in our neighborhood. Who knew? We, we didn't see that coming. And Jesus spoke to the man, and he says, pick up your mat, pick up everything you identify with, pick up everything this represents, which is this pushing to the front culture, trying to do everything, success, performance. Pick it up, get up, and walk. That's quite a thing to say to somebody who hasn't walked in 38 years. And yet this man has the faith to actually do it, and he stands up and he walks, and it's a miracle to them. He walks around with that mat under his arm, and it's a testimony of what God just did in his life. It's such a testimony that it makes the religious people at the time so mad. They're so ticked off about what just happened because Jesus healed a guy on the Sabbath, and their man made laws, made it so that that shouldn't be possible, and this guy's walking around. It's so funny. They ask him, who told you you could do this? And he says, I don't know. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. And yet Jesus heals him. And I love that Jesus comes back to him because Jesus cares more than just about meeting that one need. And he comes back to him and he introduces himself to him. He lets him know who he is. And he says, hey, stop sinning because the deeper healing in your life is a sin problem. And I want you not to just be physically healed, but I want you to be spiritually healed. And that's what Jesus does in our life. He makes us whole in every area of our life. He's not just concerned about giving us the blessings, but he's concerned about us having a relationship with him. And I love that Jesus went and found him a second time and introduced himself and made sure that he knew who he was. Follow me. 
not sin. I'm the answer. There's more to the story. Nikki, I'm throwing you a curveball here, but could you come and maybe, maybe you guys could do the first song that you guys did today. Whatever you think. I want to close with that today. Here's what I want to say to you today, and, and maybe the thing that we want to close on. I don't know what area of your life you might not feel whole in. Maybe there's an area of your life that you feel stuck in today. I just want to encourage you with this. The God of the impossible has shown up and put his foot on your mat today. And grace and mercy is available to you. If you're here today and you need healing today, there's healing available for you. Physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, whatever it is. We have people in our community right now that need God to come through for them. They need a miracle. We, we love Bonnie Brash today. And we really believe that God can do the impossible in her situation. Are you with me, church? And we're going to pray for her and believe that God can do a miracle. We believe it for Linda's husband. He can do the impossible and heal in the situation. And I believe it for all of us in this room. Because we are the man on the mat. Can't do it alone. Sometimes we feel stuck. Sometimes we still we feel like we're in our hurt and our brokenness and nothing changes. It feels like Groundhog Day. And we need Jesus to come along and just whisper to us, there's more to the story. There's abundant life today. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able to this, this morning as we close out. And let's just sing the song as a declaration. Let's worship Jesus right here in the, in the park. Whatever you need him to do, whatever you need him to speak into your life, would you just receive it today? I believe that you're not called to just live life day in and day out. You're called to live an abundant life. I believe that's what he's called, what he's paid a price for us to do. And so I pray today. I know there's some of you that are hurting. I know that some of you feel broken. I know some of you are scared. I know some of you are angry. But I believe that God wants to step on your mat gently today and call you to a different kind of life and give you a testimony today. Would you sing this today? You promise to stand. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence.
today. I just want to encourage you again. We believe that the God of the impossible is at work in our lives. No matter how you're feeling today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what emotion, no matter what you feel stuck in today, I believe that he can change it in an instant. There's more to your story today than what you're feeling right now. There's more to the story because Jesus has shown up with mercy and grace today. We believe it. We're going to pray for people like Vonnie and people like JC and believe for physical healing. Or we're going to pray for ourselves too and believe for all kinds of brokenness to be made whole. Because that's what Jesus is in the business of doing today. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for a picture of a man who had an impossible situation that you showed up, stepped on his mat that day and changed it all. So we believe in you. We believe that you're no respecter of persons. If you do it for him, you will do it for us. So we call on you, Lord. Pray for those of us that here that feel like we're stuck in a performance mentality of trying to be good enough or success-driven and it just feels empty, that you would just speak to us about those mats in our lives, that you would free us from that, that you would put us in a, a life that looks like abundant life, Lord, that we would trust in you and not just in ourselves. We pray for our friends, Vonnie and JC and others, and that are here today that need a physical healing, Lord. We believe you're the God of the impossible. We believe that you're greater than cancer. You're greater than any infirmity. We believe that you paid the price for that. By your stripes we're healed, Lord. So we call on you. Healing's such a mystery to us, Lord, but we come and contend for our friends and believe for healing today. Lord, I pray for all of us here that we would just walk out of here knowing there's more to the story. That whatever box we put you in, Lord, that you want to take that box and, and throw it away and just say, I want to bless you today because you're my, my child, because I love you today. I pray we'll experience your love and presence this week like never before. Give us opportunities to share about your love, Lord. Let us know you. Just like that man came to know you, Lord, let us know you this week. We love you today, Lord. Thank you that you're a God who whispers there's more to the story. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for coming out today. Thank you for being here. We hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, 
Or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.